Welcome to the Monday Morning Tears Cast, the first, best, and only podcast about the goings-on of the Monday Morning Tears Fantasy Football League. I am your slightly jet-lagged and still kind of groggy host, Vice President Kamara Harris, a.k.a. Daniel Kite. Uh, happy to be back with all y'all again this week to uh, talk about Week Four's action and look ahead to Week 5. Uh, without further ado, I'm just going to quickly run down some of the matchups that took place this week, because uh, there were some interesting ones that kind of came out. I'll, I'll begin with the tightest matchup of the week, where the point differential was less than one. We had Show Me the Mooney knocking off Spinning Llamas 100.4 to 99.6, a real tight one that... You know, I know for a fact I saw Mikey the day of and the night before, and he was agonizing the entire time over his lineup. So I got to imagine that loss was a kick in the nuts. So uh, we can all rejoice in that. Uh, We also had the second worst drafted team on the strength of two newly acquired players, uh, Jamar Chase and James Robinson, knocking off Team Tony 137 to 90. Uh, I don't know what dumbass would have uh, traded Paul, uh, Jamar Chase, and James Robinson. He's looking like a real fucking moron now. Uh, but, you know, shout out to Paul for some good moves there. We have the Chief Chasers in the highest score matchup of the week, knocking off D-Hop Hooray 141-123. to 123. Some more heartbreak for Nick. Going to go 0-15, it's looking like, at this pace, and score the third most points in the league. We've got It Ain't All Beer and Kittles knocking off Fields of Wet Dreams, 99-61. to 61, A pathetic showing from Danny DiCarvalho's team on that end. We've got Bag of Mixon knocking off the only remaining uh, perfect manager in the league, Sony Sideup. We got that score coming in at 107-77. to 77. And then last but not least, my own matchup with uh, the manager of Obi John Kenobi, uh, John Carvalho, knocked off uh, my squad 106-74. And uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a coincidence that the, the past you know couple times that we've had the podcast, just after the accurate and unassailable power rankings come out, we've had the number one spot show up here on the podcast. And uh, we should tell you now who's going to be joining us here. Uh, coming on the pod to talk about last week's action and next week's action, we've got Obi John Kenobi manager John Carvalho. How's it going, buddy? It's going great, man. How how are you? How's everything? Oh, you know, can't complain. It's been a long day with the students. You know, a bunch of eleven and twelve year olds acted like a bunch of eleven and twelve year olds, but you know, can't fault them too much for that. But I got to imagine you're on uh, cloud nine. You got the most points scored in the league. You're at the top of the league right now. Life is good for you, eh? Life is life is great. Life is great. Fantasy life is an amazing life, and I, I hope I hope that others get to join me someday in, in this beautiful fantasy world. But it doesn't seem like anyone's going to be able to anytime soon. But you know, I'll I'll keep an eye open for you guys, and I I welcome you with warm arms once you guys want to show up and uh, and enjoy this fantasy world, really. Those are uh, those are strong words coming from someone who is tied for first and has you know seven other players one win behind him. That's those are those are strong words coming from you. Well, like I said, I I just want to be uh, welcoming. Like I'm I'm here. I'm in fantasy world, and I'm enjoying every moment of it. And I like I said, if you guys want to join, you're more than welcome. Just a matter of finding your way. It's just a matter of finding your way. I'm sure some of us should probably start playing. Probably won't. Exactly. Exactly. There you go. So uh, I'm going to start off by asking you: Did you did you get a chance to take a look at the power rankings? I did. I love the. Okay, writing. so then I'm going to lay it out here. Any 
Any major disagreements are way more fun than agreements. Are there any major disagreements you have with the order that you saw there? You know what? Not really. I have to say not really. If I'm being modest, I appreciate that I'm number one. I think my team has a long way to go. If if there's going to be a slight, I think it might be my team. And I think I think Steve really has the, the upper hand in this league right now. I think he's making some good trades. And I know Steve from, he's a family friend, of course, but I know him from another league and, and he knows his fantasy football. So he's a guy that I'm watching out for. And I think he might squeak his way into, into the top sometime soon. I know he's already been there. Um, but other than that, I think maybe Danny can go a bit lower. I think he's a little bit above over his head. Um, he's probably going to have uh, some a dissenting opinion to this, and that's okay. That's that's typically how Danny rolls, and that's fine. But I think we have to be honest with ourselves here. Danny is very critical of literally everyone's decisions when it comes to fantasy football, especially mine. It just seems to be the case that he he just can't show up, and I think his scoreline reflects that this weekend. I don't I don't want to. I don't want to hit a man when he's down. He scored 60, 60 small points. I wanted to say big points. 60 small points this week. <laughs> 60 points. 60 um, small points. 60 small points. And, you know, he, he's a great father. He's a great husband. Great cousin. He's, a, he's not very good at fantasy football. Um, <laughs> so I, I think we can see him dropping a little bit lower. And I think, I think we'll see that sooner rather than later. Surprising to me is the second worst drafted team. I'm not really sure how he's 3-1. Um, I was discussing a few things with him, some trade opportunities a couple weeks ago, and uh, he really he really threw some slights at me. I wasn't really appreciative of it. So uh, maybe his power rankings are, are accurate. However, I would like to see him drop as well, simply because of, I guess, the banter, or I would say, uh, yeah, I would call it banter, the banter he engaged in with me. And, and those are those are behind closed doors. And I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not a kiss and tell kind of guy, but I would like to see uh, see him drop, but no, the power rankings—they are what they are. They're, it's a great write-up, and they're very accurate in the moment. Um, but we'll see. We'll see where this league goes. I really did agonize. I I because re- I think I even said it in Nick's like write-up. Like I I think I would definitely rather have Nick's team than Danny's team. Like the only reason I couldn't really put Nick ahead is because Danny has at least two wins banked. But just looking mm-hmm. at like the seasonal stats, like Danny's team. Uh, just looking at it here, has the second, no, no, the fewest points against of any manager in the league, and he's two and two only uh, with the amount of points that he's put up. Like that's when you're, you would expect a team that has almost the, the fewest points scored against them to be much stronger than that. And granted, you could say he's tied for fourth, which he technically is, but that's that's a very very weak tied for fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, out there, so I, I I do have serious concerns about Danny's team there for sure, and I, I I think Nick's team definitely has the higher upside, but it's just been just running into buzz saws left and right here, and it's been real rough for him. So I, I agree with you there. Yeah, I have Nick up next, and I'm not looking forward to it to be honest. And I did say to him this week, if I don't win, I hope he does, and I truly mean that. If I cannot win, I hope Nick does win. Um, I know that's just a logical thing. If I lose, he will win. But any event, trying to be nice here. Um, but yeah, his team his team's solid. He has Barkley, who seems to be getting his his feet going. I think everyone was a little bit hesitant on, on drafting him a little bit earlier on, but I think that's really going to pay off for him. I'm not sure what the status of Montgomery is. I was watching the game. I know he went down. 
Um, just, just breaking news. Just, just looking at his sleeper profile, he's reportedly out for the next four to five weeks. Mm. That's a that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Because even behind him, looking at uh, Nick's team, like Naeem Hines is probably the next person up, and it's not like Naeem Hines is inherently bad. Uh, he just seems a little bit too volatile, maybe. But he could, you know, he's got almost that JD McKissick kind of aspect to him, but mm-hmm. he's more Russian. So there's there's some ceiling there, but there's just a lot of volatility. So that's going to be something that Nick might want to try uh, being aggressive on the waiver wire for, which maybe we'll talk about a little bit towards the end. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I have him up next, and uh, I was looking at his team last week. Not too concerning now that Montgomery is out. I would say. Um, Godwin is, I'm not sure what's going on with Godwin. I have him in another league. He seems to show up when he wants to show up. That's fine. But well, he you shows know, up when Brady wants him to show up. Like, I think you're right. It seems really that Brady decides, you know, at the beginning of a game, he's going to lock in on basically one or two receivers. And, you know, the one that just passed, it looked like it was basically Mike Evans and almost like some of the back, like the running backs a little bit there. Mm. But, uh, yeah, Godwin didn't factor too much into that game, which was curious to me. Yeah, but we'll, we'll see. Like you're saying, it uh, just takes one game for this guy to pop off. We saw that last year, I think, as well. But in any yeah. event, yeah, should be an interesting week up uh, week uh, for myself and Nick. And Unfortunately for him, it won't be with a full roster, but that's fantasy football for you, man. You can't always have a full roster. That is fantasy football. And, you know, I think that, that actually transitions nice into what I want to talk about next because, uh, you know, for, for much of our matchup this week, I was on a plane. So I, I basically... Uh, didn't get to see any of my players play. I didn't get to see anyone who I was managing, uh, you know, do what they were doing. So maybe you can tell us the narrative of how the week went if you were following along. You know, what were some things that you were happy to see? What were some things that you were maybe surprised to see or disappointed by? What What was something that stood out to you from our matchup this week? Well, I think I think you got lucky that I only beat you by thirty points. In all honesty, I. You had a you you know I, I don't want to knock a man while he's down and you are the host of this fantastic pod but you know Brady didn't come to play I don't you didn't get to watch that game he couldn't hold the ball his receivers couldn't catch the ball um, Carson put up a stinker three big points for that guy um, I just you know I, I never at at a single point of the day I think because of just how the one PMs went. Did I feel nervous about the the final scoreline, especially seeing how your guys were performing? Um, Hawkinson, again, I don't think he had a big night watching that game. He looked pretty quiet, which was great. So there was no point of that day where I said, oh, no, I think Kite has the upper hand or I, I should be worried here. I was fairly comfortable the entire day. And that's probably because of the 24 big points that the Bills put up. That was uh, that was what I was going to bring up. The the yeah. our defenses here, like the defensive split here, is a twenty eight point difference, and that's yes. that's basically the week here. I I made a bad bet there. Like I'm not going to like you know say anything else. I I thought Carolina would show up a bit more, and I thought Dallas was maybe feasting on some weaker defenses, uh, but I turned out to be wrong on that. So you know that's that's how it goes. So it goes. But uh, you know I I thought I would be more butthurt looking at <laughs> how the week went. But I, it's, I honestly have a hard time feeling that way because, like, just the touchdown luck clearly wasn't there for me this week. I, I feel like I made the right decisions on people. Like, I don't think I started anyone I shouldn't have started. It just, there was no touchdown luck, you know? 
Ridley got 13 targets and didn't get a touchdown. Diggs with 10 didn't get a touchdown. Hawkinson with 8 didn't get a score. Like, we didn't have a single score here. Yeah. Alvin Kamara had 26 carries and 120 yards and didn't score a touchdown. Like, there was just literally nothing happening touchdown-wise. So, on my end, there's, there's part of me that is worried that that might be just it, that's not just random that that is these offenses struggling and to, to kind of do things in the red zone but then there's the more optimistic side of me that thinks like that the touchdown regression has to come like we've seen these players perform super well and it doesn't frankly make sense that they're going to continue scoring touchdowns so you're the one who thinks that i'm lucky to have only lost by 30 i think you're a little bit lucky that i won't say lucky on the defensive <laughs> side you're lucky that it's hard to say that you're lucky Buffalo pitched a shutout against Houston because they're terrible. Uh, like, uh, I will say you were lucky this was not closer. I'll say that. I think on another yeah. week with, with different uh, touchdown variants happening there. Uh, and when I look at your position players too, like, I don't necessarily see anything that stands out as like an aberration or strange. Like, you know, the idea that Odell Beckham only put up four points. Like, to me, that feels like within Odell Beckham's reasonable possibilities. Carson having a rough game was definitely uh, not ideal. Uh, so, yeah, I think most folks, I was talking with the boys on the weekend, all of them had kind of expected you to thrash me, and that's kind of what happened. But you didn't thrash me in the way that I thought it would happen. You, thra- you thrashed me in a way that I'm actually not too upset about. Yeah, you know, I think, like I said, like at the 1 p.m., seeing the Bills drop 24 big points and then seeing Diggs, like, Buffalo scored 40 points. Diggs didn't catch a single touchdown. Like, at that point, I was pretty, like, I was feeling pretty confident that things may not be for you this week. Yeah. And the same thing, too. Like, they put up 40 points. Sorry. They put up, like, 40 points, and Josh Allen only has 20. Like, he throws two exactly. touchdowns and gets no rushing. Like Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, after that game is set, it was, uh, I saw those points that could have happened and didn't happen. I'm like, okay, well. I still got the rest of the day, and I'm looking pretty good right now. The only thing, like, I think the my comment about being lucky, I think it was more so of of Brady. Like, I was expecting, so I took the minus six point five on on Bucks. I thought they were gonna hammer New England, but after watching the first quarter and the second quarter, I was shocked at how you know Brady was throwing the ball and how these receivers were were just simply not catching it. And I was actually shocked that they weren't running it a little bit more as well. Because of that, so things could have got lopsided. Exactly, exactly. Things could have got lopsided. I think for for your scoreline, and I think that's what I. That's mainly why I'm saying it was a little bit lucky that it was only that that point differential from from my ass from my point of view. But you're right. also looking at it from your point of view. Like my guys also didn't come up. I'm looking at it as well. Neither did my guys. So both of our teams seem to underperform in certain areas. Um, I think yeah. Like projection-wise, I think only Derrick Henry on my team hit his projections. Everyone else, uh, and of course the Bills, but everyone else was pretty much under the radar next uh, this week. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I hear that. I, yeah, I don't think you have much to be too upset about. Like that's what I mean. Like yeah, you definitely mm-hmm. could, this could have gone away even better for you for sure. Because even like Evans having all that uh, those targets and not racking up a touchdown feels you know unlikely. Uh, and even Henderson with all the volume that he got too. So yeah, there's definitely. There were maybe some points left on the board there for sure. And, you know, you, it's hard to predict weather conditions as well. So I think, you know, this is why I had you at the top of the power rankings, because I saw that even in this matchup that you, you know, put up triple digit points. 
there were things that could have gone a lot better. And that, that to me speaks to a, a strong team. Yeah. But the only, my only concern right now is my bench. My bench is looking pretty beat up. Even the, usually have some keepers like Beasley. He's usually good for eight, eight points but this week too. I think I had Juju who just, I don't get it with Juju, man. Like, I, I don't know. I don't just don't understand him as a player, as a person. I, I just don't get it. I'm not buying it. Yeah. He's, he hasn't really looked very great in like the off the off the field stuff this year. Oh yeah, did you see him do the uh, what is that Crates. milk crate challenge? What a banana! Oh my goodness, I couldn't believe he did that. It was one of the silliest things I've ever seen. I, I... Let's transition. Uh, thinking about some of like the big victories or losses that we saw from uh, the managers this week. Was there any? I mean, obviously there were some pretty heavy hitting ones. There was a big Paul showing. There was the massive uh, Chris versus Nick matchup. We had Andre squeak one out against Mikey. Is there is there any specific direction you want to go in here? Let's talk about let's first talk about Mikey and uh, and Andres here. What what a way to lose a week by by a single point. Um, Mikey, I think you need a tight end, buddy. I think you need to go all in this week on on Braid or Knox or someone someone that is going to get you over the line. Drop all your fab on those guys. Because if you hadn't played this this scrub, you would have won the week, man. One big point. Shame. Um, and then we can go to Knicks right away, unless you have something to comment here. Well, I, I mentioned in the power rankings, I really didn't understand the Kirk Cousins over Ryan Tannehill uh, start there. Because if he just made that one switch, that's a win for him here. Mm-hmm. And I, I really did not see how... Kirk Cousins going up against a tough Cleveland defense like was going to be better than Ryan Tannehill against a pretty dog shite Jets team. Uh, and like I granted, I hear the argument that like the Jets are more of like a run funnel, and you know people are going to run against them. But like I, uh, I, I just don't understand that move in in the slightest. So I think this was a this is a week that if I was Mikey, I'd be really upset at myself about because this was a eminently winnable matchup, and he he tossed it away. Yeah, I would say, like, in, I guess in, in his defense, Tannehill did have two of his biggest wide receivers out, right? So he was probably thinking, well, Henry's going to run the ball just consistently down these guys' throats, just like I thought he, he was did. going to do. Yeah, and Tannehill... Still, yeah. The, the, the play volume there is really interesting, too. Like, Tannehill attempting 49 passes, and then at the same time, Derrick Henry rushing the ball 33 times. Like, that's just a fuck ton of plays. Like, that... <laughs> That's that bodes really well for that that Tennessee offense from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. Like that makes Julio Jones, that makes AJ Brown when they come back. Like those make those guys look really really good if they're going to be able to run that many plays in one game. Yeah, no, you're you're right. Um, yeah, I'm not saying Mikey was right. I'm just you know trying to offer him a defense. I, I like Mikey. He's a, he's a solid guy. So, uh, you know, I'll give him I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I think that's what he was thinking, but I'll let him decide. I won't speak for him anymore. I will speak for him. He made the wrong decision, <laughs> and he should feel bad. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to talk about Nick and Chris because that was that was just the most fun matchup. I think uh, you know, seeing those point totals just rack up higher and higher. Was there like a was there a big takeaway from that matchup for you that kind of stood out? So I think the the thing with Chris's team, I I had the the privilege of losing to him in week one. Is if Mahomes is on, is if he's firing, Chris is going to walk to the playoffs. Like it's just a matter of if and. Like when it's his team is so dependent on Mahomes having a show that if Mahomes has a show that his team is just going to walk all over anyone. Um, I don't know if that's a concern. 
I know like they haven't been or KC hasn't been too solid this year. Um, and that's reflective of his two and two record. So if you go out and you see that KC won a game, you're probably gonna lose to Chris. That's that's just the way it looks like it's going to happen. Tyreek Hill, what if he get forty plus points? Like it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. And because he gets forty, then Mahomes is naturally gonna get over twenty five. So um but it makes you know, me feel slightly maybe too encouraged this week because I'm up against Chris this week and the Chiefs are facing off against the, the Bills. Bills right? Yeah. Which makes me yeah. a little bit happy that he's going up against a pretty tough defense. But then at the same time, I feel like that's going to be a close game, which probably means it's going to be Mahomes time, you know, in prime time. Yeah. So that, that all makes me very nervous. Yeah. And then, uh, no, for sure. So, yeah, it's like, it, I don't know. I want to say Chris's team is the team to watch out for, but it's just so... It's just so reliant on those three guys that if if one of them or two of them don't show, then he's finished. Um, well, and it, I think the, I think that's the risk he took. He knew that going in. But when is yeah. it, when is their bye week? I'd love to play be the guy who plays them on his plays Nick on uh, sorry Chris on the bye week. Good question. Let me do some quick research and then I'll figure that out. So I'm seeing that the Chiefs bye week is week twelve, and if we skip ahead to week twelve, we see that Chris is playing. You! No way! Look at that! Lucky you! Jesus Christ! Fantasy gods love me. The fantasy gods love me. And I love them. Oh, gods. That makes me sick to my stomach. Just, <laughs> that, that's just deeply upsetting. Uh, I'll be looking forward to that one for sure. But, As if you know, number one in the power rankings needed any more help. Hey, I can take every help I can get, you know? That's, yeah, that's fair. This is how, now, this is how it goes. Now, if I look at Chris's team, I've, honestly, I feel the real question here. Is Corderell Patterson for real? Like, yeah, what's going this, on with that guy? Is this a, I like I'm having so much trouble understanding <laughs> how an NFL offense looks at this eight-year veteran who's been a gadget player his entire career and thinks this is the focal point of my offense when you have one of the best wide receivers in the league and a very electric tight end. And a fairly reliable, like, journeyman running back. Like, and, and they look at that and think, you know who's going to be our savior? Corderell Patterson. There's <laughs> so much confusing to me out of all that. Like, what do you make out of that situation? To be honest, I haven't even heard of this guy until this year. And the only reason <laughs> I've heard of him is because of these points. He's all over my Instagram feeds. He's all over my Twitter feeds. I have no idea who this man is, but, hey, what a pickup. Where did this guy go? Like probably he probably was undrafted at some point. He was undrafted. Yeah, look at that. What a pickup. So yeah, uh, what what can you possibly say about this guy? He's if he keeps this going, Chris is definitely a contender, uh, like a because, major contender. Yeah, like if if he just walks into like he he drafted the right Falcons running back, but now it, the one that he picked up is clearly like somehow the more valuable one. It's that that is obnoxious. <laughs> that I yeah. deeply dislike. And then we also have Con- uh, Connor, who seems to be turning the corner as well. He's had two back-to-back big weeks, I believe. Yeah, that rushing offense out in Arizona has been looking mighty spicy recently. Like, he even started Edmonds, who's getting all the yards, but then Connor's vulturing those touchdowns. But he has shares in both of those players, which is, you know, maybe that's turning into, like, the uh, the Cleveland Browns light a little bit there with the uh, the two running backs that might both be startable. But, uh, yeah. man, things are, things are coming up crisp right now. It might be interesting to see if that is going to last. You know, there's some volatility there, definitely, I think, with the uh, Arizona running game. And, I, I like, history just tells me not to trust Corderell Patterson. Like, I can't do it. But <laughs> if, if this is what it is, then, like, yeah, 
Chris has got an interesting uh, supporting cast around those Chiefs stack, and that's going to be really dangerous, I think. Yeah, I think if Chris wins the league, he should put all his winnings on a on a Patterson jersey for sure, because that'd be the the best buy he'll ever make in his life. But just looking, I'm looking at Chris's team right now. His bench would have beat half the team in our half the teams in our league. His bench put up massive numbers. Devonte Smith, Schultz had a big day. Look at that guy. But yeah, yeah. this team this team looks like the real deal. Maybe maybe I had an omission on my uh on my first power ranking. This guy, Chris, may be sneaking up the the ladder sometime very soon. I do have him at three in the power rankings. That was kind of where I. Hey. I that's why I, I thought that too. That that bench okay. did look yeah. disgusting. Uh, again, frankly, I wouldn't have started Kirk over Smith. So again, a management choice I wouldn't have gone with. But that just would have meant that he beat. Uh, he would have put up one fifty instead of one forty, which is you know <laughs> hard to quibble with. Yeah, no, I agree. But we can jump right to uh, I guess Nick's team. I think I already had a little bit on him because I'm playing him next week. But Nick's team is. It's a sad. It's a sad story for Nick right now. He shouldn't be zero four. But but, uh, but the happy story is that it's Trey Lance season. Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> looking like he's out for a while, and Trey Lance in that first game, you know, putting up a bunch of rushing yards. Nice chemistry there with Debo Samuel. Uh, you know, how how excited should Nick be that Trey Lance is now the starter in San Francisco? Took a flyer on him and it paid off. Look at that. You know, he should be pretty excited. Um, let me ask you a question. Who's better? And this is a question for Danny that maybe he can he can internalize. Who's better, Fields or Lance? I mean, I think prospect-wise, I mean, I guess some folks had uh, Lance as the better prospect and some folks had Fields. So, like, I'm not a college guy. It's hard for me to really, you know, go too deep on that. But just based on what we've seen, I mean, Lance looks far superior at this point. Yeah. He's got a better yeah. supporting cast around him, I would argue, and definitely a better coach because Matt Nagy, uh, might be uh, literally brain dead, but um, <laughs> like you know, and and coaching definitely plays a lot uh, with quarterbacks. But uh, Trey Lance, man, like that's that was a real impressive uh, showing from him in half a game. Not a great completion percentage necessarily, but everything else, like the counting stats, the fantasy stats, looking real exciting. Yeah, exactly. And that's all that really matters. The fantasy stats. Yeah, it really matter. Real football. Yeah, that's really like, who watches real football for the sake of watching real football. Agreed. Stupid. Uh, let's let's jump ahead to the waiver wire. Let's uh, let's start thinking about our next week's uh, matchups here. Is there, you know, looking at the waiver wire now, like the most added, I, I was lucky enough in that trade with Paul to acquire Damian Williams, who is now becoming immediately fantasy relevant. So that's that's a nice uh, replacement for James Robinson, who uh, is looking to reestablish himself. You got like a Samaje Perrine that might fill in for an injured Joe Mixon. That's unclear. Jamison Crowder, Alex Collins, Brandon Bolden, Randall Cobb, and a whole bunch of tight ends. Uh, you know, for yourself, uh, maybe I don't want you to give away, you know, maybe your bids or anything like that. Um, but if someone was looking for, I'll put it this way, if someone was looking for a tight end, which of those, uh, you know, waiver wire tight ends would you be looking at? Like Max Williams or a Dawson Knox or maybe someone else? You know, which where, where would you lean in that case? So... If I was looking for a tight end, Mikey, um, I'd probably I'd probably go with Bray from the Bucks just for a temporary fix. I think I think Brady's found some really decent comfort in having Gronk out there, and I think that quick replacement with Bray I think will pay off. Um, so I think for this week, and I'm not looking forward for the future. I'm looking for a quick fix. Bray, not it's going to be Knox for sure. I just think. 
if you have Allen on your team, <laughs> you want to get any any receiver that you possibly can. So this week, if I if I were looking for a tight end, Mikey, um, great, and if not, Knox. But um, I will be bidding on both of those guys. So hopefully, Mikey puts up his money, um, and I might just. You know, I might just, I just might go bid on maybe the top four tight ends, not even just those two guys, just to make Mike's life a little bit more difficult. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. Um, But for my team, I think, I think the pattern I'm going to keep going with is like seeing how the Bills paid off this week for me is to really focus in on some good defenses. And I'm I'm not going to give away who I'll be going after, but I think that's a. I think it's very underlooked, at least from my perspective. I think I've always underlooked that in the, in the few years I've been playing fantasy football. Is the defenses? Those guys, yeah. they they can win you a game. They can lose you a game. Um, so I'll be going after some defenses this week, and and also for myself, probably probably a wide receiver. Shopping around some of my guys this week to see if I can bring in a pretty decent wide receiver. So um, if that doesn't work out, um, hopefully the wire, waiver wire does. So. Yeah, I hear that. Feel feel free to hit me up, man. I still, I got some wide receivers. I'd be willing to move. Feel free to yeah. to get involved in the conversation. We'll talk. We'll talk for sure. I, all my guys, everyone is up for sale except for OBJ. That that guy's sinking with the ship. <laughs> he will sink with the you ship. You gotta keep the namesake. You got it. Exactly. Exactly. I already I already gave up Metcalf, and I was bashed in every sense of the way. Not only for the the trade itself, but because I gave up all that electricity. So. OBJ has to say, stay. I, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't default on my, on my morals, I guess. So I do want to stand out and say that I, I actually, uh, didn't dislike that trade that much. Like, I think a lot of folks saw that as a big win for, um, for Steve. I, I personally saw more of as like an even draw there. Like I can see the reasons for doing it. I, I, I think you may have taken a little bit too much flack for that. And I like to, I think that I, thank you. Of the only folks that said that. I appreciate that. I, I needed that, you know. I, I was internalizing that trade for a while. I was wondering, what the hell is going on? Why is everyone praising Steve? Where is my praise? And I, I felt a little bit down on myself, but no. You see, this is why I come on the podcast for some, some, uh, some boost, and I, I appreciate that. No, I, th- I thought that trade was. I thought it was a good trade. I needed a tight end desperately. Um, Steve had a great tight end. Yeah, I, maybe I gave up a little bit too many, too many fabs. Or whatever we call them, too much fab. I, I don't really know that, but I needed it, and it's worked out. Like, look at Steve's position now. He lost Gronk this week. He was banking on Gronk to be that guy for him. He lost Gronk for a couple weeks now. He's gonna find himself in a shitty little position here. So, uh, hopefully, yeah. he rebounds. But you know, that's I, I like my trade. If I had a chance to do it again, I would do it again and again and again and again. That was always my hesitation with it was the the Gronk like just health status because it's really I always thought it was going to be hard to rely on him so I think that mm-hmm. was a savvy bit of business on your end. Yeah, so I mean, I'm glad I'm glad Steve came out though. Me and Steve love making trades. We're, we traded in our other league, so uh, I'm sure we'll be making a a trade down the road here again. So. Well then, maybe not to jeopardize your future trading partners, but it's it's time for parting shots. It's time for you to throw the gauntlet down and uh, maybe talk some shit to some people. Uh, you know, I have an <laughs> idea of one person you might want to talk some shit to, but uh, the floor is yours. Go right ahead and uh, part with your shots. Well, I think I started off with some shots already to Danny, but I can never pass up the opportunity to do it again and again and again. Danny, I think your season's pretty much done, dude. You know, you can come over. You can come to my house. We can have a beer over it. You can cry if you want. I'll be here for you. You know where I live. 
come over and we'll talk. I think I think there's better days ahead for you, but not in fantasy football. Unfortunately, not in fantasy football. Um, you heard, heard it here first. Danny, no good days ahead. No good days. But, you know, he, he has a healthy family, and that's all you can ask for in the non-fantasy world. But he doesn't have a healthy team in the fantasy world, and that just sucks. Especially for Danny, because I know he internalizes this. I know he can't sleep very well at night after he hears these words. So I'm sure, I'm sure tomorrow's going to be a miserable day. Caroline um, wakes up thinking that it's Miles crying, but really it's Danny in the corner reading Reddit. <laughs> that's typically how it goes. Um, the parting shots. No, I, you know, Nick, I'm coming for you, buddy. I, I don't want to do it to you. Your own four, but something in me. And I think something in you is starting to say, dude, Nick is going 0-5 next week. Team like that, he's going 0-5. I don't like to hit a man when he's down. I think it's it's cowardly. But when the opportunity is there, you go for it. And you go for the neck. And I think you learned that lesson as well, right? You're not safe from this, this banter here. Last week, you came on this pod and you trashed my name. And look, now look. <laughs> now, you're sitting, now you're sitting there on the ground. And I'm up on my king's chair wearing the crown. And that's what happens when you talk like this. You have to back it up in this game. And I'm here to back it up. And we all know that. You guys don't know me very well, but I know you all very well. I live inside your heads. I know what you're going to do. I know who you're going to drop, and I know who you're going to pick up. So it's inevitable. You will come to, you will come to face me, and you may get a lucky one, like Chris did in week one. But it's not going to happen nine times out of the ten times that we play each other. So Nick, sorry, buddy. This is your week. Don't even bother looking at your sleeper scores. Um, week six might be better for you. It might be better for you. And those are all the parting words. Oh, Mikey, buddy, tight end, please, please. Hopefully you find out if you can convert real dollars into fab dollars and try to bid as much as you can on those two tight ends. Because without them, I think you're in trouble. You cannot rely on that grub from Green Bay. Um, aside from that, Great talking to you, Kite. It's always a pleasure. This is a great pod. You're a great host. And uh, I'll see you. Uh, hopefully, I'll see you in the playoffs. I hope you, I'll hopefully see you in the playoffs. I think those were the greatest parting shots we've ever had on this podcast. Like, that was, that was just a work of art. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit that to, like, NYU. And actors will study that monologue, I think, for years to come. That just hits so many points. I, I, I was in awe sitting here. It was really marvelous. And it's... <laughs> Always, always really fun talking to you, John. You bring that electricity to this pod as much as you bring it to our league. Uh, and it's always a pleasure to have you here. So with that in mind, folks, we'll be back here same time, same place, talking about week five's results and looking ahead to week six. But until that time, keep crying.